0: Merry Christmas, everyone. We are so glad that you are here and you're able to celebrate with us tonight. No, this afternoon. I've said good morning a couple of times as well, so I think that covers the whole thing. Um, We're really glad that you're here. We've been working really hard to get ready for today, for this service, for this celebration. We are here this afternoon to celebrate the birth of Jesus newborn king, the Lord, the Savior of the world. Think about it. Over 2,000 years ago, on a hillside outside of this little town of Bethlehem, there were a group of shepherds that were gathered. It was just like any other night. But then it all changed. An angel showed up, and the angel told them that over in this small town, there was a baby that had been born, and this child was a newborn king. This child was the son of God who would become the savior of the world. History changed at that moment. These shepherds were invited to go and to see this baby, and they did, and their lives were changed forever. And here we are, all these generations later celebrating the same thing in the same way we've been invited to come and to see to behold the birth of Jesus and what Jesus brings to this world and how that can change our lives forever so we're here to celebrate I'm so glad you could be with us so we're gonna sing it a little bit but before we do that I want to invite you to help us make this a place where everyone feels welcome. So would you please stand and turn to some of the people near you and wish them a Merry Christmas. take a seat. And uh, by the way, really good job singing. Seriously. And isn't it fun to be able to come together and sing some of these familiar Christmas songs again? uh, You you sounded really, really great. And I want to also say welcome to um, folks that are joining us online uh, through our service that we're streaming right now and the services all throughout today. We're glad that you could join us as well. Hi, Brooke. Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas. Thank
0: you. You have a couple things you wanted to uh, share?
1: I have a few things. Uh, three things, three brief things. The first thing, I'm going to invite the ushers to come around to receive the Christmas offering. Uh, This is an opportunity for us to give back to God who has so generously um, given to us. If you are a guest or visitor with us today, we would love for you to feel the freedom to let uh, the offering pass you by and receive our service as a gift to you. For those of you who don't have a church home, I would love to invite you back here on a Sunday morning. We have services at 915 and 1045 at both ends of our building, and we would love to have you join us. If you have any questions about what that might look like, I'd encourage you to reach out to me. I'd love to have a conversation with you. And third... I have some candle lighting instructions. Oh, look. I just
0: happen to have a couple of candles here.
1: Look at that. Doug's going to be my assistant. So here's how this will work. The light is going to travel from up here, and it will be passed throughout the room uh, from neighbor to neighbor. So when your neighbor's candle is lit, they will keep their flame upright. And when you go to receive, you will tip your candle. Perfect. Good job. Good job. like that and that's how it will work Mm -hmm. so once you have a flame in front of you please keep it upright and we will get out of here safely
0: yes (laughs) yes we've done it two times so far two services we've succeeded without anybody lighting on fire yes that's right let's keep it that way yes
1: so then you will also be instructed to blow your candle out before you leave and when you do so you can do so carefully
0: Like that.
1: All right. All right. Very good. Yes,
0: very good. Very good.
1: Thank you. Okay, I'm going to say a prayer for us as we move into our service. So, would you all pray with me? Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, God, we uh, come to say thank you uh, for sending your Son Jesus down to earth for becoming uh, fully human uh, so that we could know you. And that we could be set free, uh, that we could have life and have it to the full, God. And we celebrate uh, the way that you entered the world um, in a way uh, that everyone stopped and paid attention with awe and wonder and asked the question, who uh, is this baby Jesus? Uh, So we thank you so much for uh, coming, coming down to us. Um, God, I think of anyone here uh, today who is in a season of darkness, God, I pray that they would have the courage uh, to reach out uh, for your light, to reach out uh, for your son. And God, when they do so, how uh, would they find encouragement? Um, would the darkness flee from them as your light of hope and love and truth just illuminates their life? Um, thank you, God, for setting us free. Uh, help us to find our rest in you. Help us to be still in this holy hour uh, so we can hear from you and learn more about who you are. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.
0: Hear now the story of the birth of Jesus as told by the apostle Luke, as written in his gospel. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favorite one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary his betrothed. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told.
2: The stars are brightly shining, it is the night of the dear Savior's birth. thrill Slave is our brother Oh
3: Christmas, I want to extend my uh, welcome to those of you here in the seats as well as those down in the sanctuary, those watching online. We are so excited that you guys are here. You won't believe, like, I mean, Doug said, you know, we do a lot of work. We get really excited about preparing for Christmas and planning the celebration and hoping that people will come and join us. And lo and behold, you all show up. And um, lo and behold, it makes us really, really happy. So we're glad that you're here. And lo and behold, you wonder, like, it's this guy out of the 19th century or from a Charles Dickens story. Um, Behold is not a word that we hear very often these days, unless maybe you're one of those rare few who actually downloaded the Behold Dancy Mote on Fortnite. looks like this. Complete with jazz hands. I like that. Um, of course, Fortnite is so yesterday as well. But I love the description for the Fortnite Dancy Mote. For Behold, it says, look at this, observe greatness. It's something that you might say to one of your Minnesota Viking fans, like, Behold, the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Observe greatness, right? Like, take it in. It's, that's okay. It's okay. We can switch that up maybe the next service. Uh, <laughs> This word behold shows up all over the Christmas story. God sends his messengers to a bunch of people and says, behold, it's, it's look and see, see this amazing, surprising, great thing that I am doing, but it's even more than that. It's more than look and see, it's, it's take it in, soak it up, let it wash over you, let it transform you. What we behold, we actually become more like that which we behold, which we immerse ourselves in. So behold, Christmas, we need this. I need this anyway. I know I kind of limped into the Christmas season. It has been a rough couple months, at least for cars in the Mickey household. Um, My wife's car, this is all happening in about a month time. My wife's car that we bought a couple years ago died and we had to start looking for a new car for her. While we're looking for this new car, my daughter's second car, the first one we bought just a few months before that, the engine blew up. Uh, So the second car she calls and her radiator and her water pump are melting. Uh, And so as that car is being towed to have service done, um, this happened. This is right behind the church, our neighbor's fence. Very sorry for our neighbors. Um, Somebody doing donuts in the church parking lot, someone in our family yet to be named. And... uh, This wasn't even the worst of it. When we tried to get the truck out, we actually pulled the drive shift uh, out of the transmission, the drive shaft. And uh, so that was a little bit more damage. All this while I was like holding off on getting one repair done on my car. And uh, cars are one thing, you know, they can be fixed, not a huge deal. But the worst thing about it was what's happening to my heart as it's just shriveling up with our finances, right? Behold the power of money, right, To, to, to take hold of my heart. As I reflected on this, I wondered how often is my heart held hostage by things that come and go, things like money that just come and go. How often do I behold the wrong things? How often do I soak in these things that can't bring me the great life that I desire, things that were never meant to bring me joy or peace or contentment? And I know I'm not alone. I was standing in the back of the church a couple weeks ago when a friend of mine walked in and said, you know, one of these days, my life is going to turn around for the better. And they've been experiencing some, some difficult things. In fact, a lot of my friends have been going through some, some hard things. Many of you are walking through difficult challenges yourselves, much worse than, than car troubles. And maybe some of you are like me. You're, you're looking for your hope or your peace or your joy in things that come and go. And right now those things are just gone. Before we rush into some manufactured momentary kind of happy celebration I think it's important for us to first just acknowledge that our world is broken and some of us are broken along with it or we're just broke. (laughs) Whether you're here tonight because you believe in Jesus or you follow Jesus or someone invited you and you're doing a favor for your family member or for a friend. I think this is something that we can all agree on. And whether we want to blame sin or politicians or ignorance or something else, we can acknowledge our world is broken. And I think it's important for us to, to pause and say that before we rush forward. In a recent article, Tish Warren, who's an Anglican priest, said this, said the joy of Christmas is trivialized if we do not first intentionally acknowledge the pain and wreckage of the world. If we don't stop to recognize this wreckage and this pain in our world, we might trivialize this joy God intends for us to receive. Things aren't as they should be. We all expect or hope for something better, and and in this way, we're just like every one of the main characters in the Christmas story. We're hungry and thirsty for life as it's meant to be. So I say again, behold Christmas. This message is for us. Look again and see. Soak it up. Don't accidentally miss out on or trivialize this vital, sustainable joy that God ushers into our world Let's take hold of the Christmas message and allow this message, this good news of great joy to take hold of us. The central figures in the Christmas story actually show us how to behold and we're going to take a look at that uh, this afternoon. Um, God tells them that he's bringing them this unexpected great gift and yet every one of them is like confused or overwhelmed by their circumstances or angry or disappointed or scared. Every one of them has to deal with their own brokenness first. And we see this in Mary. Doug just read the story for us, but God sends the angel Gabriel. And the angel Gabriel came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. God sends a message and Mary is greatly troubled. She is deeply disturbed, she's acutely distressed. And not because there's an angel standing in front of her, which would have done it for me. But it's what the angel says, which is essentially, hi Mary, God sees you. He wants you to know that he likes you. He believes in you. He is blessing you. And she is greatly troubled at this message. She has a million questions like what in the world is going on? God sends his messenger. I was in a conversation like this with a young woman in my office recently. And she was being asked to lead a group of uh, people forward. And uh, the request that was being made of her was bringing up her past and some really painful things that she'd experienced in her past. And she, she believed, she knew why she was being asked to help lead. And, and, she, and she believed were, uh, that there was a better place to lead these people to. But as she looked forward at the road ahead and what it would require of her to lead them, it just looked messier and maybe even more painful than her past. So it was understandable that she was cautious and she was hesitant to say yes to leading this group forward. And this is Mary. This is us. This is my friend who wonders about trying a new cancer treatment. This is my friend who's wondering Why it costs so much to do the right thing and whether that's going to turn out well for his family. This is another friend who's wondering whether they should continue to fight for their marriage. Hope is clouded by confusion and pain and a million questions. God enters into this confusion and tells Mary, don't be afraid. God likes you and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Wow. If Mary was greatly troubled when the angel simply said, Hi, Mary, God likes you, what is she experiencing now? Like Mary, you are going to be the mother of the Son of God, the Messiah. Her response shows us how she's feeling. She's, she's just more confused. She says, how can this be? And in the story, Gabriel responds to her and says, behold, look and see what God is doing. You know your relative Elizabeth? You know the really old one who's barren, who's way beyond childbearing years? She is now six months pregnant. Go and see. Behold this great thing that God is doing in Elizabeth's life. Soak it in. Let God's greatness wash over you. For nothing will be impossible with God. Mary, take this in. God has a great purpose for your life, and it's bigger than you realize. So you need to go and see for yourself how great God is. And allow that to transform and empower you to fulfill this purpose. Hold on to God's greatness and let God's greatness hold on to you. Mary responds in two ways that show us what it looks like to behold. The first thing she does is she tells Gabriel, Look and see, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And I think more than giving the angel a response to carry back to God, I think Mary is saying to herself, I will look again and see and remember who I am. I am a servant of the Lord. And I will keep trusting that my best life is rooted in my right relationship with God. I'm a servant of God. So I will take hold of God's purpose and allow God's purpose to take hold of my life. The second thing that Mary does is she takes Gabriel up on his invitation to go and see this great thing and she goes to her relative Elizabeth's house and it's just like the angel told her Elizabeth this 6 months pregnancy and this great thing that's happened starts to starts to fill her up with joy and hope this certainty that God truly is blessing Mary and it all starts to flow out of her in this amazing beautiful song that you can read for yourselves in the first chapter of Luke, you can come back Sunday and hear one of our teachers, Kurt Vanderweel, teach about this song. But what I want to say to you today is, God comes to us in the same way he came to Mary. The message is the same for us. Hi, God sees you. God likes you. God has a great purpose for your life. And nothing will be impossible with God God doesn't expect you to just accept this message indiscriminately. He just says, he says, go and see for yourself the greatness of God. Go check it out for yourself. Look and see. Soak in it. You can see it in the Bible, the greatness of God. Read these stories for yourselves and see or or look at your own life and your own ways that God has shown up in your life or listen to the stories others tell you about how God has shown up in their lives. This greatness of God, let it wash over you and transform you and empower you to fulfill this great purpose that he has called you to. Will we behold like Mary? If Mary was deeply troubled, makes you wonder what Joseph was experiencing. You don't hear a lot about Joseph. Joseph was kind of a quiet guy. Matthew does call him a just man, says he was faithful, and he, and he followed God's laws, and he was faithful to God. And, and now Mary's been away, and, and we know that, that Joseph's excited. He's engaged to the love of his life. He's ready to marry Mary. And Mary comes back from this long visit with Elizabeth and tells him, I'm pregnant. Imagine what Joseph's experience is heartbreak. How could this happen? Who did this? And Mary starts to say something about, about the Holy Spirit, and I imagine all Joseph could think of was holy. What? I mean, he's disappointed. He's hurt, he's angry, he's embarrassed. What are people going to say? What are people going to think? And then this wave of fear washes over him as as he realizes this woman that he loves, like what are people going to expect of him now? Are they going to expect him to drag her out into the middle of town so they can all throw rocks at her until she dies? Because that was the custom in the day. So I imagine Joseph tossing and turning a lot during that night, trying to come up with a plan to, to keep Mary safe, but also to begin to piece back his life without Mary and to put back together His shattered dreams. This is how the Christmas story begins? This is how the birth of the Messiah comes about in broken relationship and in shattered dreams? This isn't how I, I don't think this is how we would choose to begin this story. But like so many of the stories of many of us in this room, this is where the Christmas story begins. One of my friends recently returned from a from a job interview, a young man living with us, and uh, he's interviewed a few places, he had one offer, wasn't a very great offer for him, so he goes to this new job, and it's like it's the job he really wants, and they really want him, but it turns out they don't have the resources to be able to make him an offer right now, and they're not sure when they're going to be able to, and he comes back, and he's he's disappointed, this is like a dream job, it could have launched him into all kinds of really cool things, and He's been working really hard. He's been taking on extra training. He's been doing some internships that don't pay anything. And on top of this, he's been really trying to grow his faith intentionally. He's been reading the Word. He's been praying, worshiping. He's even been fasting a little bit. feels really good about his relationship with God. And believes that with God, nothing will be impossible. And yet here's this this really small request, it seems like. He wants this job, and they want him. In the grand scheme of miracles, this doesn't seem like a big thing for God to have to pull off. Like, just could you make this one thing work out? And you could hear the disappointment and the heartbreak. It's like, does God even care about my plans? If he does, why won't he do something to help me out? I imagine Joseph had some of these exact same questions. And Joseph's about to get an answer. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, just like Mary said. The angel says to Joseph, don't be afraid. I know this isn't what you expected. I know it's not even what you wanted, but God has a plan. In fact, what's happening right now is part of a plan that God set in motion a long, long time ago. Joseph, you're engaged in, in God's plan. You, you read his law. You are, you are obedient to God. This is the same plan you've been reading about for years, the one you've been waiting for God to fulfill. And look again and see because, Joseph, you are are a part of God's plan. God's plan involves you. Don't miss this, Joseph. It's so much bigger. It's it's so much a better plan than the one you and Mary had. Take a hold of God's plan and let God's plan take a hold of you and begin to transform you and the world around you. And like Mary, Joseph shows us how to behold. It says he wakes up and he follows the angel's instructions. He does what God asked. And he marries Mary. And, they, and God leads them to the place where, where Jesus is to be born. And Joseph becomes the father of Jesus, Jesus. And Mary and Joseph discover what the angel meant when he said he will be named Emmanuel, God with us. As God remains close to Joseph and Mary, he actually continues to speak to Joseph in dreams, leading them, protecting them, helping them to raise their son. And Jesus grows up to be the Savior King who leads his people to victory and death, freedom over sin and death. In the same way, God comes to each of us whose dreams we maybe feel are fading or maybe they've died those of us who wonder whether God cares about our plans at all or whether he hears our calls for help. And he says, behold, look again and see. I have a plan. It might not be what you're expecting or even wanting, but I am with you. This is the plan. I am with you in unexpected ways and I'm writing a much bigger story. Look for me, pay attention, see what I'm doing, let the greatness of what I'm doing sink in and take hold of you and transform you and the world around you. Joseph reminds us the message of Christmas is just this, it's behold, God has a better plan and we're invited to take hold of it and become part of God's plan. And sometimes it arises in the form of an unwelcome interruption or a threat to our security or our comfort or our power. But pay attention because there's something much bigger at stake in the world than your plans or my plans. God is bringing about something incredibly good, even when things seem to be so disappointing. Holding on to God's plan may not ease our pain, But he promises he will use it for our good, for the good of the world around us. And he'll use it to get us ready for his return when everything will be made right again. That's something we don't want to miss out on. Mary holds on to God's purpose. Joseph holds on to God's plan. And meanwhile, there's a bunch of angels out in a field nearby. And an angel of the Lord comes to them. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold... The most important message the world has ever received comes to a group of some of the most overlooked, underprivileged people in the world. And this is not the first time this has happened. In fact, God regularly, throughout the Bible, comes to people who are humble, who are poor, who are weak. And he brings his power and his blessing in this message of good news, of great joy, which is for all people. And like Mary, the shepherds are invited to come and see this for themselves, this gift of Christ the Lord, the baby born in the manger, and they waste no time. They go to check this out for themselves, and they take it all in, they soak it up, the message that the angels had, all the the multitude singing in the heavens, the baby in the manger, it's just like the angel said, and they, they just get filled up with this incredible sense of joy and hope, that transform. It just fills them so full that on their way home, they can't help but share the news with everyone and, and share their experience with everyone they run into. And they're, and they're singing praises of God's goodness everywhere they go. Will we do the same? Will we soak up this good news of great joy and allow it to fill us to the point where it just overflows? We can't help but share it with others and share our praise with God our world could use some good news of great joy. And what if we were to acknowledge that it's hard for us to manufacture this or to find it in a world that's often so broken and dark? What if we stopped wasting time and were to behold this good news today, tonight, what if we were to commit, to commit to soaking up this good news on a regular basis? What if somehow the word behold itself could help us do this? Like what if in the morning we simply proclaimed as we got out of bed, behold, I'm going to look for God's greatness throughout my day today. I'm going to look and see. Or what if in the midst of confusion or criticism or confrontation, maybe even a hateful response from a person, we were to say, behold, the good news of great joy is for all people. When our plans seem to be falling apart or we're in a stressful moment, we whispered to ourselves, behold, God has a plan. What if when we went to bed at night, We were to say, behold, and we actually took some time to pay attention to those God-with-us moments that we experienced throughout the day where we experienced his goodness and blessing and gave him thanks for that. What if our entire lives became one big act of beholding God's goodness and the grace and love of God in Christ? What if? What if? Will you pray with me? Father, this good news of great joy, the birth of your Son, is something to behold. Help us, Lord, to look and see with fresh eyes again that you are with us, that you are for us, that you have a better plan and a better way of life. Help us to be like Mary and Joseph or to remind ourselves who you are and who we are to listen and to follow Jesus in all of his love and all of his mercy and all of his kindness and goodness to come to know more of who you are and what you're up to so that we can take part of this plan you're working out in this world that you would not only transform us but that you would begin to transform the people that we care so much and love in our lives and the people who seem so far from us who we disagree thank you for your gift of Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We're going into a time of lighting candles, one of our favorite times of the service. And so uh, I would encourage you that as the light comes to you, let's maybe consider thinking about what Jesus said of himself. He said, I am the light of the world. And to behold this light as it comes to us, bringing us Ways to see him, ways to see God, ways to see his way in the world that we might be able to join in. Behold the light of the world who's born to us, God with us. ushering into our world as it comes to you. Now I'm going to ask you to gently put that candlelight out. But know that this light goes with you. And as you head to your car or as you, you know, prepare to have a great meal together or maybe unwrap presents or as you go to bed tonight or you put your kids to bed tonight, behold the great joy, the goodness of God, let it begin to transform you continue to behold throughout the new year. God is with us. Let your heart prepare room for this goodness. Let him transform your heart and your life. Thanks so much for being here. We hope you all have a Merry Christmas.